0: Welcome to On Texas Football. It's time for State of the Program brought to you by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, Eric Nalin, uh, the insidetexas.com publisher joins us for this segment each and every week. Uh, Eric, uh, it's a joy <laughs> when we get a chance to come off a win like Alabama. I saw you in Tuscaloosa. Uh, we talked about the game beforehand. You and I did not talk immediately after because we were both busy doing our own things. Uh, let's let's get a let's get your take on the crimson tide. Uh, what Texas was able to accomplish in Tuscaloosa, and then let's talk a little bit about going forward today. First of all, your thoughts on on what Texas did against Alabama?
1: Well, in a lot of ways, they played a very clean game. Not a, not in every way did they play a very clean game, but in the ways they really needed to, where the you know they they really won on the margins. Uh, you know, they protected the ball. They uh, had far fewer penalties, less costly penalties. They caught a couple breaks, of course. You know, the ball bounced their way in that game, which. Uh, you know, didn't necessarily bounce away uh, last year. You know, Alabama had a narrow path. Texas, uh, Texas could have won by, by you know, another touchdown or two. Uh, but they just overall, they played a very clean game. They didn't blink uh, when Alabama came back 16-13 uh, in the third quarter. I think everybody got a little nervous. I know I got a little nervous. I kept waiting for that that big outlier play uh, that, was the, that they couldn't allow, the outlier play that they allowed to Ronald Jones in 2017, to Jace McClellan last, last year where – it was really uncharacteristic for the, for the way the game was going. They didn't really allow that. Now, a couple of them were called back. Uh, They did have that one long touchdown uh, where, you know, the the tackling wasn't great uh, coverage wasn't all that great, but you know, they just played a much better game and uh, they had confidence going in. They were prepared. We, uh, we wrote last week, there's a lot of confidence within the game plan from the coaches and the players. Uh, And for the most part, they were able to execute, but, you know, that ball bounced away a couple times. Uh, there's plenty, plenty to correct, which I am absolutely ecstatic about because one of the themes we wrote about coming into the season was uh, they'd have to they'd have to uh, improve uh, from game to game. And so nobody could watch that game in that film room with Steve Sarkeesian and the rest of the coaches and come away feeling like they played as as well as they could. So, um, you know, maybe there's a little hiccup this week. Uh, there's might be a little letdown. We saw that last year against UTSA uh, for the first quarter or so. Uh, but I think overall throughout the season, uh, they're going to improve. Uh, you know, they're going to look a lot better in November than they did uh, September nights.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, that game <laughs> against UTSA, you mentioned that, and I recall Texas kind of sleepwalking, and then Roshan Johnson kind of woke them up uh, with some uh, really physical runs, yep. uh, and uh, got the Texas t- got Texas going in that regard. Yep. Uh, but look, Eric, we we look at everything that's happened. Texas now ranked number four in the country. I don't think things could have gone better no. thus far for Texas. Um, maybe they look sluggish against rice uh, they came out and they were able to throw the ball well against uh, Alabama uh, they 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 go up against a Wyoming team that is pretty stingy uh, on defense yeah. they, they have a lot of mature players we had uh, the uh, beat writer uh, for the uh, Wyoming Tribune Eagle on this morning on t- on coffee and football he was talking about half their players on defense are like 24 and 25 years old yeah. that they're, yeah. they're like the old BYU guys and so it's not so much that they're supernaturally gifted or something like that. Like a lot of teams you might see are like an Alabama. They're just play together and are intelligent and have been doing it a while. Right. So they have a lot of experience, um, but that team comes in. Um, one of the things Texas was able to do last week was create a, it was a run game, but it was almost based on perimeter passing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Wyoming's going to try to stop the regular run. Do you think Steve Sarkisian now keeps going to this kind of quick outs to whether it's the running back or to Xavier Worthy uh, or the the bubble screens, et cetera, on the outside to, to manufacture what essentially is a running game?
1: Well, you know, there's two ways that, that Texas can kill you pretty, pretty uh, thoroughly. And one of them is to run the ball and the other one's to throw it over the top. And so you're seeing a lot of space in the middle. We saw it versus Rice. And then we saw it uh, Saturday versus Alabama. I, I wrote one of the keys to the game was to to really work the middle of the field. And, Man, Jatavian Sanders had more open space than Forrest Gump in Alabama running running (laughs) down the field. Uh, You know, there was no bodies there. Uh, You know, they were all focused uh, playing forward. Some of it was uh, to stop the run, some of it the perimeter game, and some of it was over the top. Uh, And he had a lot of room to run. So I think that's going to be a common theme. We saw that also work with Jordan Whittington, another guy that can uh, exploit that part of the field. Uh, I think over the – as, you know, Quinn becomes more uh, comfortable, you know, we saw him take huge steps on uh, Saturday – Uh, he's going to start drilling a lot of those throws over the middle. You know, we already saw success Saturday. So I I think the middle of the field is going to be huge for Texas uh, pretty much the whole season.
0: Uh, Here's a a stat for you. You're talking about J.T. Sanders being open. Who leads the Longhorns in in, uh, yards per reception? J.T. Sanders with uh, with 22 yards a catch, seven catches so far this year for 158 yards. You're right. The middle of the field was absolutely open. And, you know, frankly, that may be what pulled up the second safety and allowed A.D. Mitchell to get deep, what allowed uh, Xavier Worthy uh, to get deep as well. I'm more concerned about Quinn Ewers' con- continued development. Clearly, we saw a different Quinn Ewers against Alabama than we saw against Rice. What Quinn Ewers do you think we see this week against Wyoming? Could it go either way? I mean, what, what are you thinking?
1: Uh, you know, I mean, no, that that guy, you know, his reputation behind the scenes is to have ice water in his veins. I think uh, we're starting to see uh, the, what he's going to become, uh, in, you know, probably long term. Uh, you know, uh, Saturday was the first time I said, you know, this guy's really got the mentality for the NFL. You know, we knew we had the talent. Uh, we we wanted to see him take the next step from a, a mental uh, approach, the you know, the demeanor on the field. Uh, and he couldn't look more comfortable sitting on the sidelines. Is you know, reminiscent of Joe Montana getting ready to to lead a final drive for, uh, to victory. So that I, th- I think he took very big strides in that way. But, um, you know, what he, what, we, what he did on Saturday was very similar to what he was doing in practice in August. So for whatever reasons, he had uh, trouble uh, versus Rice. You know, we know that some of that was his fault. Some of that was receiver fault. Some of that was the O-line. A lot of it was the O-line. The O-line protected him uh, quite well on Saturday, and, and uh, he, he started making those throws. But he was hitting throws everywhere. It wasn't just the deep ball. He was uh, very accurate throughout the day. Uh, a couple balls that were a little high, uh, had to be thrown high due to coverage and uh, the passing lane. So, you know, he had one, maybe one errant pass the entire game or that, w- that was uncatchable. I think this is the, the Quinn years you're going to see uh, as long as he's a Longhorn. <clears throat> and then after some rookie lumps in the NFL, you're probably going to see him be like that in the NFL too.
0: Gotcha. Uh, I want to say thanks to our sponsor. Uh, now that's Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, he's been helping injured Texans and his clients for decades. Uh, give him a shout at 512 or visit him at lowylawfirm.com. If you've been in a, in a catastrophic injury in a car wreck or on the job, Adams, who you want to call for a free consultation, all you have to do is call for a free consultation. 512-280-0800 or visit LowyLawFirm.com. Eric, um, Texas right now has been more pass heavy than run heavy. Not too surprising given their, their uh, ability to get to go up against uh, an Alabama team that prides itself on stopping the run. Texas right now is averaging 325 yards a game, passing 132 rushing. They've, they've scored eight total TDs on offense. Six of those have come throwing the ball Two mm. running. Is that a harbinger of things to come? Are we, are we going to see more production passing as we go through this year? And Sark is trying to get these, what he calls, dirty yards running the ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's probably eating up Sark inside until he sees the results in the scoreboard. Uh, he wants to run the ball. You know, everybody associates uh, Sark with throwing the ball. Uh, a lot of that stems from his time at Alabama and, and having that prolific passing offense and all those wide receivers. But, you know, a lot of that success was set up by the run. So this this time he's he's having to work it work it backwards a little bit and, uh, you know, throw the ball to open up the run, which uh, in, in some games they will be able to run the ball, honestly. Uh, you know, I think that's – I anticipate that going forward in the conference. Uh, but some of these tougher teams that, that truly sell out, you're going to take what they give you. And, uh, you know, we knew coming into the season that they could work the whole field. Um, they can run a lot of different uh, personnel packages that they, they didn't have uh, last year. They've got secondary and third and tertiary uh, weapons in the passing game. Uh, so Sark's just playing to his strengths. You know, last year, I'm not sure he did that uh, a whole lot. We saw, we saw them turn over a leaf going into the bowl game. Uh, we knew 11 personnel was going to be a lot more prominent. And, uh, you know, so far that's the case.
0: Yeah, anything that that utterly surprised you before we go into the defense, and and don't mention a defensive thing. Anything that utterly surprised you on out Al- about the game against Alabama on offense at this time?
1: Yeah, the offensive line uh, holding up in the interior. Cole Hudson and DJ Campbell and their timeshare uh, played played quite well. You know, they're not. You know they're not as physically mature as uh, the Texas defensive line. That's coming. You know the dominance that you saw on the Texas defensive line is is going to come to the offensive line as these guys become more physically and mentally mature. That's not a concern of mine. But uh, they held up zero sacks is was <laughs> phenomenal. I would have I would have lost a lot of money on that bet. Uh, you know credit's out to Sark working around it. The perimeter passing game that you mentioned earlier plays a part. Uh, but yeah, that that surprised me quite a bit. Um, you know, the drops are a little unfortunate. We've seen a little bit too many of those. Um, I went, So that wasn't really necessarily a surprise. It was a little unfortunate. <clears throat> Another one of those things that you can uh, clean up. I think uh, Worthy tracking the ball. Um, maybe that surprised me a little bit in that setting. But he showed signs of that the week before versus Rice. There was a couple passes that were uh, – uh, one was thrown out of bounds over his outside shoulder that he still caught. It was a, a tougher catch than the touchdown he made the other day. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, his, his comfort level tracking the ball um, – didn't impress me. That's I'm I'm writing about uh, the the players that have shown development so far this season. And even though that, that Quinn and and Xavier are, are very talented, they're showing that they were developed this off season. Uh, so yeah, where they where they caught my eye in that regard.
0: Yeah, interesting. Uh, all right, uh, let's go to defense. Uh, we make the the comment that defense travels, right? That's the the old cliche. Yeah. It did in uh, Tuscaloosa. Uh, your, your thoughts on what the defense was able to do against Alabama? Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime.
1: time. ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
0: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
1: You know, depth on the defensive line is just a huge, huge, huge advantage. You know, you've got very quality players, very talented players playing like 40 snaps. I mean, that there's, they're going to be able to go twice as hard, you know. <laughs> if you're playing 40 versus 80, you're, you're that much fresher. Uh, and so that's a huge advantage that they have. Guys like Vernon Broughton, he's another one that's going to make my uh, article about development. He played a good game. Alfred Collins played a good game. A lot of those guys up front played a lot better than the, the stat sheet uh, would indicate. Uh, you got to go back to uh, Casey Hampton. Casey Hampton would have 40 tackles in the NFL season and, and be dominant because he's occupying that many blockers. Uh, they had guys, they didn't really know who to double. Vernon Broughton was splitting doubles. Uh, Byron Murphy had one of the plays of the game, splitting a double team where he got about as low as somebody, uh, his size can and, and uh, you know, cracked the, the running back square, just a, just a wonderful play. So defensive line was tremendous. Uh, You know, just a huge advantage that they have.
0: Yeah, it's crazy uh, because we looked at it also. What showed up on Saturday was a pass rush. Yeah. You know, starting with David Benda's effort play, uh, getting off the ground and getting the quarterback, but then continuing with the outside pressure of, uh, of Ethan Burke and Anthony Hill and even two near sacks from Byron Murphy.
1: Yeah, you know, if you went through high school or maybe even college and you, you had the grueling mat drills uh, and you don't know what what the purpose of that was, I think David Bendis' sack was the purpose of those mat drills. He got off the ground about as quickly as somebody can uh, and and completed the play. Anthony Hill, of course, his closing speed was really good. Keaton Crawford's closing speed was phenomenal. Uh, he, he played a big game. Uh, they, they just got a lot of pressure. It wasn't even the, you know, some of it was pressure, some of it was flushes, some of it was sacks. Uh, you know, I watched uh, Sarks rewind uh, last night. He made a good note about, you know, they flushed him a bit too much too much to the right, and he was able to hurt him. The goal was to flush him to the left. So again, there's a lot of things they can clean up. Uh, Ethan Burke uh, in containment. I think uh, a lot of young edges tend to lose containment. He's got cl- things to clean up, but uh, as a pass rush, he's very very good. You know, and I think he's ahead of where we expected him to be as a as a as a run stopper. Uh, but the the improvement that they're getting from that Buck Edge as a pass rusher is uh, is night and day from last year.
0: It really is. It says, I mean, Ovia Gufu just just n- did not provide a pass rush, essentially, right. uh, and what they've gotten out of Ethan Burke thus far, or if they put in Anthony Hill in that position as well. Uh, hey, uh, Eric, uh, defense travels at home too, and so any thought that Wyoming might be a game where the Longhorns overlook the Cowboys, uh, you know, you thought that might be out of the out of the realm given that Wyoming beat uh, Texas Tech in overtime yeah. uh, earlier uh, and you know to start the season but then Texas comes out and beats Alabama and then you worry again well have they got the big head or they are they looking past a team like Wyoming the the issue with that is the defense travels right, right. so even at home uh, you're going to have that same defense does, does that defense really make just about every game that Texas plays a tough out for its opponent
1: yeah, I think it does. But at the same time, uh, that creates desperation on the other side and they're going to throw the kitchen sink. So, you know, you could see trick plays and all kinds of outlandish things uh, that you're not expecting. Um, you know, Wyoming's going to come in and they're not going to be intimidated. You talked about their age, you know, uh, they're they're mentally and physically mature. They're going to be, um, you know, they're going to be ready to go, just like Texas was going into Bryant Denny. You know, that age is a huge advantage in college football. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I think they're gonna. It's going to be a more physical game than people probably anticipate for uh, Texas playing a non-conference uh, a game or lower-rated lower, uh, uh, team. But um, yeah, I think you got to be ready for the kitchen sink, double passes, and, and everything like that. Wyoming, if they want to line up and run on Texas, it's not going to happen. They'll get their quarterback killed, uh, which is tough to do because he's exceptionally tough. But uh, you know, I think uh, I think they're going to have to really sell out to try to score points for Texas, and that could go either way. You know, then that, then you might force turnovers and, and get up on them quick. Uh, but you've got to have a lot of confidence in the defense going forward. Uh, year three continuity is huge. It's my number one leading indicator coming into the season. Um, that And because of all the, the you know, the, the experience they have, they're able to build out and just sort of, uh, you know, play good coverage behind letting a, a, a wild athlete like Anthony Hill he'll go crazy out there. Uh, so they're in a very good spot. They're getting the most out of these players. They're putting them in the, in the right positions. Jet Bush is playing well. I mean, it's uh, – you know, it's a, it's a total team effort on defense. They're, they, uh, I don't know how many guys played on uh, Saturday, not nearly as many as Rice, but, you know, they're they're able to play more guys than, than their opponents for the most part.
0: I've got a stat for you. So David Benden and Jalen Ford are the team's two leading tacklers at 12 and 10 respectively, okay? After that, there are 10 other defensive players that have between seven and six tackles. So yeah. really it's those top – the two linebackers first – and then there's a list of 10 no. other guys to your point about that depth. I also want to bring something else up to you. Turnovers. You mentioned turnovers just then. Uh and Texas is plus 5 through 2 games. That's a ridiculous stat. Yeah, I mean that was- yeah that'll 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 travel too won't
1: it more because of the fumbles you know that but that that again that's pursuit that's effort those guys are uh you know they're 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 following their teammate they're they're staying with the blocks down the field and that put jatavian sanders in position to pick up ad mitchells uh so a lot of it is hustle but you know they've got to clean some of that up but but quinn hasn't really come close to an interception that i can recall um yeah they're, they're um they're playing a lot more sound. And, and, you know, they had a lot of breaks that didn't go their way last year uh, when it came to turnovers. <clears throat> this year, I think uh, I think it seems like it's swinging. That that tends to regress. Uh, but, you know, Jaday Barron, that pick he had the other day where he baited him was really good. Uh, Jaron Thompson, I think he waited just the around amount, amount of time before he came into Milrose uh, uh, view. Uh, he played that well as well. So, you know, we're seeing the, the benefits of having an experienced team that's on a good roster cycle and, and all this continuity with the coaches.
0: Uh, Speaking with Eric Nolene, publisher of InsideTexas.com, we're running a special right now on Inside Texas uh, for the people that that, uh, watch On Texas Football. Uh, Use the promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. Right now you get two months for just $1. It's an introductory rate. uh, Only if you're Mm. coming from On Texas Football to Inside Texas. That's two months. For just one dollar, it's a great deal. Please give it a try, uh, Eric. Uh, you know, we look at it and talk about what else is going on as far as the Longhorns are concerned uh, right now. Uh, anything you're concerned with, uh, Cedric Baxter's health, anything like that for this coming see uh, this coming week against Wyoming?
1: Um, I'm not. I mean, you know, obviously we need to check on Baxter and see if he's available. I, I think that he is going to be available if they want to. But this would also be a good game to rest them before the conference if they felt the need to. Uh, again, it's going to be physical. They're they're going to hit, um, so that might that might fa- factor into their their calculus. I think the only thing I'm really concerned about is the complacency and them not improving uh, from from week to week. That's that's the one thing that can really uh, handicap this team uh, because of the leadership. I tend to think that that's not going to be much of a concern. You know, we we've raved about the experience and the leadership on this team. Uh, I think that's going to keep guys moving uh, down the line. Progress isn't linear. There could be a game where there's a step back, but I, I do think on balance they're going to improve throughout the season. But Complacency would be that one thing that that, that could uh, sidetrack this team, or you know, other than that, they, they've got they've got some significant advantages going up against pretty much every team left on the uh, left on the schedule.
0: They really, um, you know, any teams in the Big Twelve, and I'm I'm saying this because I'm, I'm a little, you're talking about this, uh, and we're looking ahead so much, and I don't want to not give Wyoming their due, but is there any team in the Big Twelve early that you think? concerns texas i mean kansas state looked good K-State, against yeah.
1: yeah k-state was uh you know my, my team that's kind of a concern for them I, I didn't have them losing to k-state just because i think you know that's it's, it's at home i think k-state's defense is going to be a work in progress uh but yeah they they can be really efficient uh on offense and you know with the new clock rules efficiency really uh it works to your advantage the more efficient offenses are going to be rewarded it's it's no longer the old big 12 where you know, every team's got, like, 13 possessions and runs 105 plays, and, and the best team's going to come out over time. Uh, this, you know, Kansas State, if they, they just play a more efficient game than Texas, that could that could be dangerous. Uh, but, you know, these teams – other, those other teams are going to improve throughout the season. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, Texas Tech, it's, it's, it's kind of funny to see them 0-2 uh, just because of all the, uh, all the uh, sort of drama between the two programs. But, uh, you know, they played a decent game against Oregon – uh, they did lose to this Wyoming team that's coming in. Uh, I think that they had a very uh, low low uh, probability of losing that game, which is funny. Last year, Texas had a 2% probability. This year, I think Wyoming had a 17% probability of beating Tech. Uh, so that game is a little bit of an outlier. Uh, but I think they're, they'll improve throughout the season. And, uh, you know, other teams will as well. But right now, there's really no excuse for Texas to not, um, you know, keep, continue taking the next step, um, improving throughout the season, cleaning up the things they need to. And uh, winning the conference, you know? it's it's going it's going as well as we would have anticipated uh, heading into the season. I think both you, I, you and I ended up putting uh, them in the playoffs uh, in our last uh, predictions, and so that you know that this is not totally surprising. I picked a victory too against Alabama, but you know they've got to keep it going. We've seen Texas uh, get a little high on its own own self; uh, they can't do that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Complacency is the one thing uh, because it's clear to me and to anybody that watches college football. Texas has the dudes, right? Yeah, it they was kind of go out there and execute.
1: It was fun to see uh, everybody kind of come to that realization. They were they they slowly came to that realization in the stadium. Um, I got home last night and I watched the uh, Pat McAfee uh, telecast, which is you know just those guys hanging out on the on the in the end zone, and they were kind of coming to that realization, talking about the size of the offensive line, the size of the defensive line, uh, the speed of the receivers. Um, Texas has huge advantages, credit to Sark for putting them in this position. But now he's got to he has got to—he's keep them, keep their head on straight and keep them focused.
0: All right, I want to say thanks again to our sponsor. Uh, each and every state of the program is brought to you by the guys over at the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, if you've been injured in a car wreck or on the job, give Adam and his group a call, 512-280-0800 or visit him at loweylawfirm.com thing that I really like about Adam, he really treats his customers the right way. And he gives you a free consultation. That's LowyLawFirm.com. Uh, Eric, uh, this game, uh, you expect? Uh, what do you expect out of uh, Texas and Wyoming this weekend?
1: I think it's going to be a little ugly early. Um, you know, it's just my read of it. They could come in and blow their doors off. It's, uh, it's obviously uh, possible. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably predict something like thirty eight seventeen unless I start hearing really good things on uh, Thursday uh, from sources, you know, we'll see. Um, but Right now, yeah, thirty-eight seventeen, and then kind of get refocused ahead of Baylor.
0: Got it. Uh, Longhorn's favored by 28-and-a-half.
1: Yeah, uh, it I should be an
0: interesting fun. one on Saturday, 7 o'clock on the Longhorn Network. Uh, all right, Eric, I'll probably see you again this weekend, bud. Uh, for Eric Nolene, publisher, InsideTexas.com, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of State of the Program.